the psalmist speak. And I've been preaching on the Psalms this summer because it's my belief that as human beings, uh, there are many gifts that God gives us. But one is this, this ability to, cr- to create art and music and expression that our words are insufficient for. And so when you preach from the Psalms, what you're doing is you're preaching a sermon that an ancient writer didn't have the, the insight and the intellect and the words and the, um, the lectionary But instead, he or she sang in response to the complexities of this world, they sang. And so the psalmist this morning is considering this dilemma of ours of being both temporal and spiritual beings, of what it means to have material possessions but desire to live unto eternity. And as reading this in the context of people who lost their lives Um, shopping for material things yesterday. I myself will not not think about that the next time I go into a Walmart. What am I going to get? I don't really have the words, and I wish I had the music to this psalm, but this is a song that, that an ancient writer spoke into this dilemma. He called it a riddle, or she called it. Psalm 49, hear this all you people, give ear all habitations of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak wisdom, the meditation of my heart shall be understanding, I will incline my ear to a proverb, I will solve my riddle to the music of the harp. Why should I fear in times of trouble when the inequity of my persecutors surround me? Those who trust in their wealth and boast of the abundance of their riches. Truly, no ransom avails for one's life. There is no price one can give, it, can give to God for it. For the ransom of life is costly and can never suffice. That one should live on forever and never see the grave... When we look at the wise, they die. Fools and dolts perish. I love dolts. Fools and dolts perish together and leave their wealth to others. Their graves are their homes forever, their dwelling places to all generations. Though they named their lands their own, mortals cannot abide in their pomp. They are like animals that perish. Such is the fate of the foolhardy, the end of those who are pleased with their lot. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God that this psalmist chose to sing a song that speaks right into our reality today. Uh, It is a gift that that human beings can respond creatively with with some, some of that divine spark when we are faced with the dilemmas of the day, whether or, or even the joys of the day, the things that leave you speechless, the beauty of a sunset, to be in the presence of great art or an oratorio. We, we, we respond to joy with this gift. We respond to sorrow with this gift of creativity and music and art. They get us through those overwhelmingly happy times and they and it gives us gets us through the hurtful and difficult dilemmas of this life 
when we look at uh, Psalms as, as a whole, they are an expression of the ancient spiritual people to the dilemmas of their life. Uh, the, show me the psalm slide. There's, psalms come in all kinds of shapes and sizes. I love this graph because it kind of shows you uh, the, the great majority of the psalms are psalms of lament. And that's like, you know, my wife left me, the dog died, and my car, my pickup truck got hit by a train. These are songs of lament, and the country music is full of them. Most psalms are psalms of lament. Uh, the next are psalms of praises. Psalms of trust, psalms to royalty, psalms of, that are just for singing, thanksgiving. And this psalm that I just read you is considered a wisdom song, psalm because it's a psalm that speaks into the dilemmas, the difficulties of living this spiritual life and how we respond to it. It addresses <clears throat> our mortal and immortal beings. Why do we give an offering in church if God provides all the spiritual things? It's because it is in our worship that these two meet, the earthly and the heavenly, together. We aspire to have security. We aspire to have means, property, stuff we can buy. And yet... We are called to be a people who live unto life eternal where we won't need any of that stuff. <clears throat> it's a riddle. It requires wisdom. And so this is a wisdom psalm. The psalmist, in, in addressing this, he decided, I'm going to use creativity. I'm going to use singing. And I'm going to sing about this. And I wish I knew this song because... Uh, you can, you can address a lot of things with singing. Um, but he chose to sing about this dilemma of ours, this riddle. And I believe that our church uh, next week is going to respond to one of the dilemmas of our community in the last two years. The Unity Days uh, initiative in this city is an attempt to speak into the complexity and the difficulty and the dysfunction that we have been privy to for the last two years, but which underlies our entire society. And we're going to go into the park where we got to see a lot of discourse, conflict, and dissonance. And as Methodists, we're going to go over there and we're going to do what we do well. We're going to sing and we're going to pray and we're going to eat. We're going to respond to dissonance with resonance. I hope you'll try to come and be a part of it. It's kind of a very psalmist thing to do. Um, but I also see in the community creative ways that people are trying to respond to this dilemma, just like the psalmist did. Um, it's not just, uh, not just music, uh, but art as well. Because by responding in this way, we are acknowledging there is no policy, no politician, no rule, no law that we can pass that is going to address the dilemma of the discord that we experience in this life. It's got to come from elsewhere. Uh, I have a, a there, there's an art project down on Main Street that someone did. It's beautiful. I want to show that clip. If you haven't seen this art project, you should go see it. It's a very creative way. The faces of unity were unveiled this afternoon by the downtown mall, recognizing those who have fought against hate in our backyard. CBS 19's Darnell Myrick has more on today's event. Darnell? 
Yet as a ray, today's mural unveiling was a part of the city's Unity Days. And today's event spotlighted those who have spent the last two years fighting against hate while striving for unity. Tell me what community looks like. This is what community looks like. These are the faces that represent the Charlottesville community. This is what community looks like. 120 local activists on a wall on 2nd Street in downtown, spreading messages of love and unity. Lisa Drain says she wants this mural to serve as an inspiration to fight back against hatred and injustice. If they are feeling like they want to do something in their own lives to fight against these forces of white supremacy and hatred, then they can get involved too. For activist Leslie Scott Jones, being a face on the wall is a humbling experience. I kind of have imposter syndrome a little bit because there's so many people on this wall that, that have done so much more than me. Um, but I feel honored to be a part of it. She believes the city is more united than it was two years ago. While events Real like park. this shows unity, she believes it's about making sure everyone stays unified. It's, it's all fine and good if what we're doing here makes other people look at us in a different light. The most important thing to me is that the people in this city get to a point where they really understand what their neighbor goes through on a daily basis, realizes that it's wrong, and takes a step to make it better. With a united community, Drain hopes their voices can wash away the negativity that has surrounded Charlottesville for the last two years. They'll be inspired. They'll have a little bit of hope that folks in our community have decided to stand up and make their voice heard. And, I, and everyone can do it. Drain and Scott Jones hope today's symbol of unity spreads throughout and beyond the city of Charlottesville. Reporting in the studio, Darnell Myrick, CBS 19 News. <laughs> so they, they talked about washing away uh, the disunity of the last couple of years. Uh, I talked to Lisa. She's the one who kind of put that art project together. And I don't know if you know, but the like the day after they put it up, this terrible thunderstorm came and the wind blew right down and pretty much almost dissolved half the mural. Um, and I told her, I said, you know, the, the, the monks uh, in, would, would do these sand, very intricate sand art, and then it would just blow away. Uh, I, it doesn't uh, pass my acknowledgement that the psalm that I just read you, I didn't sing it because we don't have the music anymore. You see, something about this spiritual response to the disunity and the discord of this world, it is our fleeting response. But it doesn't take the power away that, that we don't have the music to this psalm anymore. It doesn't take the power away that, that some of the mural was washed away in the storm. It doesn't take the power away that, that when we finish playing music in the park, you know, the, the music stops. Unless you're listening with a spiritual ear. The resonance doesn't stop because it lives in us. <clears throat> the psalmist acknowledged that this kind of living is a riddle. Now, I don't know if you're a I grew up watching the old Batman and Robin, and uh, they had a nemesis called the Riddler. And the thing about all the bad guys in Batman and Robin, Batman and Robin be fighting, fighting the bad guys, right? Pow, wham, boom. 
and, and they could even take on all, all the bad guys, except the Riddler. Every time the Riddler would say a riddle, Batman would stop fighting and go, hmm. Stymied by the dilemma of the riddle that the Joker, that the Riddler put in front of him. And I believe sometimes the church, spiritual, theological people, we get stymied too. We go, hmm, what's the exact right answer? And we stop because we're afraid we might be criticized. We're afraid that our answer won't be the complete answer that solves everything. And I got to tell you, tomorrow or next Saturday when we go to the park, there will be people who will not come to that park. And they will say, what are you doing just going over there with a bunch of trombones? I mean, it's, see, and we could say, oh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't do anything. No. We live into this hope that there is an eternal kingdom. It's beyond us, but we're not going to be stymied by what the psalmist calls the riddle. You see, people of faith must possess the wisdom to keep moving, to keep singing, to keep praying, to see, keep making art and being creative and, and, and leaning into the dilemmas of this world. Just like we take up an offering in worship. If we didn't take up an offering in worship, then we're not addressing what we know to be this dilemma. And that is the beauty of the sacrament of the Lord's table. It is the place that we believe eternity and the temporal meet. In the person of Jesus Christ, God incarnate, we are invited to come to this table and receive of that eternal food, not so much for the body, although we are eating bread and drinking juice. There are calories here. But I'm asking you to come to this table not seeking bread for your body, but instead for your eternal soul. Let's pray. Grant us, O oh God, not the answer to the riddles and dilemmas of this world, but a heart willing to receive from you the grace that came in Jesus Christ. For we pray as he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now, Harry, would you come and join me as we offer the table? Christ our Lord invites all those who love him to come and receive of this gift of grace in this holy communion. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Lift up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. 
It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. On the night on which Jesus was to be betrayed, he took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke the bread, and he gave it to his disciples. He said to them, Take and eat, for this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after the supper, he took a cup. And after he had given thanks, he gave it to his disciples. And he said to them, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you will in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice. Let us pray. Bless, O Lord, this bread and this cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.